0: Hello and a welcome to the Crafty Jr. and Friends podcast where we talk about the path to achieving your dreams and all the bullshit that life throws at you along the way. I'm your host, Queen Bee. Let's check in with Crafty Jr. Crafty Jr. It's another also, podcast. This is another Seagram's. What are you drinking no. today?
1: Today oh. I'm drinking an Arbonne shake.
0: Ar- Arbonne shake. What kind yes. of alcohol is in the Arbonne shake?
1: Um. Three-day-old expired um, almond milk and spinach.
0: <laughs> and spinach. Okay, so
1: no alcohol
0: in there. No alcohol.
1: It's only 10 o'clock in the morning here. Oh, I man. I barely just got up.
0: But it's 5 o'clock somewhere.
1: I understand that.
0: Okay. So what I'll are you going to be drinking later? How about that? What are you going to be drinking later? Later,
1: um, probably a margarita. I got okay. my shaved ice machine, and I got some strawberry daiquiri- flavor stuff so some frozen bullshit
0: awesome well that's fantastic by the pool uh, by the pool that makes it even better it's the ambiance really that brings out the flavor and the alcohol right correct awesome all right well this is the crafty junior and friends show and we have a new friend with us today antique annie Welcome to the Crafty Jr. and Friends podcast. What are you drinking today?
2: Cheers. I have my friend Tito. Uh, sparkling nectarine, peach nectarine, because there's no calories in it. And then, of course, I squeezed a little bit of lime. So got them in my frozen Yeti, ready to go. Cheers, Absolutely. girls. <laughs>
0: Are you going to be drinking poolside a little bit later today too?
2: Well, it's kind of cloudy here. Um, oh. Even if I don't leave this room, I'll be probably drinking some more. And then I'll have to figure out what food I need to eat so I don't die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we hope you don't die, but uh, that Tito's bottle looked half empty. So I think you're going to be okay for the rest of today, at least.
2: <laughs> I, I've been nursing that. I've Okay. Not, yeah. yeah I, I'm not... Uh, I'm not that uh, good.
0: <laughs> well, I'm cheersing with you. I'm drinking a Blue Moon um, today. Just trying to continue to finishing off my 12 uh, pack of Blue Moon, but I will say that I think that I'm finishing it quicker than um, Crafty Junior is finishing that box of Seagrams, which I think we're on path for 2023. So <laughs> awesome. Well, we're really glad to have you uh, here today, Antique Annie. There is a lot of stuff that we want to talk to you about because you also are a master flipper. Um, But can you give us a little bit of an introduction? How did you get into flipping?
2: Well, thank you for having me and inviting me to this fun. Um, I would have to say that the original Crafty, was the one that got me started. She got me started on couponing and saving money and keeping the coupon money and putting it aside so that my husband didn't know about it because I needed mad money. Uh, And then just thrift shopping, you know, just finding deals because I had small kids and just trying to find it that way. And then as time went on, um, I'd see things at thrift, or thrift shops that reminded me of my grandmother, like the Pyrex bowls, the nesting bowls that are primary colors. So I'd buy myself a set and my husband would be like, you can't use those, those are antiques. And I'm like, I'm, I'm using them, being careful. Um, but I just, I, I like the memories that they bring me. So when I see something vintage, it just reminds me of somebody in my past that, you know, my loved ones. So. That's how I kind of got into it. Plus, I figured out um, I could flip them and actually make some money. So, so I've been doing it for a while.
0: So, tell us a little bit about for those uh, listeners that don't understand about the Pyrex dishes. They're from what? What decade are they from?
2: Um, Pyrex has been around, jeez, um, a hundred years, uh, but they be, really became popularized in the. 40s and 50s. And they kind of started with the primary colors, the yellow, blue, uh, yellow green, blue, and red. And the red bowl in that primary color is the hardest to find. And it's the hardest to keep clean because once dishwashers came around, people started putting them in dishwashers and the color would fade. And I guess there's a market for that too. If the color has been faded off and scrubbed off, people want those too. I don't know why. It's just, it's, Somebody somebody collects those. So then they started making them to, I think it was the answer to Corel's Corningware and the little corn cornflower blue dishes. So wow. they there is a pink set of nesting bowls. There is a avocado green, which would be the 70s. The pink would have been the 50s. Um, and then they've got little Amish uh, turquoise. They've got browns, so they, so, it, they kind of went along with the interior design, like the '70s when my parents bought their house. Everything was avocado green, burnt orange, um, this weird blue, and just weird colors. And they'd make dishes to match, so everything and your appliances were avocado green, <laughs> and it was just all the dishes matched. It was
0: hideous. <laughs> so when you get um... When you get a set, obviously you have your own that you like to use for nostalgic purposes. But when you find something, um, a piece or even a full set, what are they going for when you resell them? Uh,
2: yeah, they're going for the set um, anywhere from like 75 bucks to 200 bucks on the primaries. Um, the pink set, I had a four bowl pink nesting set that I sold for 300 bucks it's a lot harder to find. So the avocado green, um, that'd probably be the next one. And then there's an all yellow set. But it just depends on um, the era and how hard they are to find. Right now, turquoise is uh, a really popular one because everybody's going with those sea tones in their house. So they're mixing this brand new house with vintage stuff, but it just it kind of all matches. Like it's not... People are more eclectic when they collect now. They can mix
0: modern with old and make it work.
2: Hmm. So, so,
0: so did Crafty have any pyrex? I remember the cornflower blue. She,
2: yes, she had some pyrex, she? but she had Corning. I'm trying to remember what else she had. I think she had the Cinderella bowls. The Cinderella bowls would be the ones with the handles. One was a little wider they're bowls. they're nesting, but one had a little one and one had a big one. So one was a handle you could hold on to and pour, or it had this, um, they actually come with a a black handle that you can clip on on both sides so you can take it, you know, if it was hot. Because with with Pyrex, you could bake in it, you could um, microwave in it, you could freeze it.
1: Um, The only thing you couldn't really do is put it on the stove. Well, she did have a, Nineteen thirty um nineteen thirties crock pot.
2: Yes, the so, one that had all the duct tape.
1: Yes. Yes. yes Getty, for... and she
0: had that.
2: Let's see. Is that really
0: from the thirties?
2: No. No, but
1: they did, they oh, didn't...
2: We, we we yeah
1: the, that was An Auntie jersey. Ganny's uh wedding she used that was there too. Oh and
2: really? It yeah. might have had one piece of duct tape. Might've had one, Maybe,
1: yeah. but then
2: over the yeah. years, and so that was 30, 40 years. She just had to keep adding duct tape. Because
0: Calm down, her... 37.
2: Okay, well, whatever. Right. Um, so so the her thought was she knew exactly how long it took to cook. It got overheated, but she knew exactly what the cook time was. And over the years she modified it, but she knew it. She didn't know what the new ones would do. And in fact, if you tried to give her a new one, she was not very happy. And she usually would get rid of them.
0: Yeah. They they find well, homes
2: somewhere else.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's let's take a a branch off the tree here, right? We're
2: this is to crafty. God love her.
0: <laughs> well, crafty um liked keeping things right that was i think that that was part of her money savingness right she liked to duct tape things because it was better and like you said auntie ganny that she like she knew what to expect from the cook time we also found in her pantry mm. i think it was 1980s hunt sauce and it, like it was pre expiration dates yeah. so i mean crafty is really uh, I mean the the impetus. She had a coupon
2: for that. I know she did.
0: Interest, and in, I'm sure she did. Um, she would not but, buy anything that
2: did not have a coupon. And if she didn't have a coupon, she would buy the black label or the off label brand. She wouldn't buy the premium stuff. Even her beer, I mean, slim it, price beer. Yes. You didn't get
0: coupon for beer. No, no but it was simple, it some, some,
2: some. It was almost like a black label beer. Yeah, and it was like drinking. Um, are we allowed to cuss on this? Yes. It was yeah. piss water beer. It's just it's it makes it makes Coors beer look like the king of beers, which it's not. <laughs> Budweiser is, but technically, if you're going to go by
0: their oh, oh Slim Price fighting words, fighting words.
2: But there was a time when she would drink Jack Daniel's, so she started the afternoon with Slim Price. And then yeah. when
1: when the uh much you know, when I got home from school to hit yeah. the hard stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, and she would hit the hard stuff because um her husband would come home and they would have cocktails together and and this wasn't even this wasn't even the 50s and 60s when that was a popular thing to do. The little wife would have a cocktail for the husband. Um, you right. know, and then they would kind of discuss her day and then they would sit down and dinner for dinner. And it was just a way of relaxing. Yeah. This was in the eighties late, you know, mid to late eighties. Yeah. So, yeah. And then What's I a- would go to pick up my beer that I was drinking and it would always be empty. And I just, I have no idea what happened to that beer.
1: That's no ridiculous.
2: idea. It's unbelievable. I thought you Captain I thought you do
1: you, well, do you she, she, asked me about me, that, she asked me, she asked me, she said, Hey. Go give me a beer. And so I'd be like, Well, sure. So I'd go get the beer and I'd open it. And then I'd drink some, whatever, and she's painting or something, you know, doing some work. And then I'm drinking a little more. And then she's like, all of a sudden, Wow, I drank a lot of this already. And I was like, Yeah, you did. You <laughs> drank a lot. You want me to get you another one?
2: <laughs> and I, I think that runs in the family because um I actually would do that to my father. Um He'd tell me to go get him another hand grenade. And yeah. then um I know I know a young a young man um with blonde hair and blue eyes who would do the same thing for me hmm. when I was in Mexico. But he was coming back with lemonade. And I'm like, what are you drinking? Lemonade? Oh, is that why you're stumbling on the beach?
0: I think Apparently it's a, had-
1: I think I think that same kid, um had some uh, what's that hot drink? Cinnamon.
2: Oh, uh, like Fireball.
1: Yeah, he went camping with us, and he's like, "Oh, I'll stay here with the dogs." I'm like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> like, what a great, you know, what a great kid. What I love her. a such a great. Thank you so much, buddy. What a giver. We, well, we came back, and kid's thrown up. I'm like, "All right, well, huh? <laughs> dogs got you sick, huh?" <laughs>
0: The campfire smoke, I mean, sometimes you just can't handle it,
2: yep. yeah. And it, it, probably a good thing he wasn't smoking cigars by the fire because that was another family
1: tradition. So, anyway. I think he was smoking a cigar, but I'm not even gonna ask,
2: I'm not ask, gonna even ask how old the young man was because I'm it's more he fun not probably, to know.
1: <laughs> I think he was probably 15 at the time. Oh, that's not bad. Was one I was, of the last trips. Okay, I was
2: hoping he wasn't like nine or something. Oh no. I, no. yeah. He would have been nine? left. Nine.
1: Jeez. I always waited till they were ten. Oh
2: good. <laughs> no. Except with the blowhorns. The air horns. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well on on that note, why don't we get back to talking about antiques? Um so Antique <laughs> Annie, you have um obviously have a history of trying to to make sure to save money and everything um have you always liked antiques and antiquing
2: um i think i just kind of fell into it um really fell into it when i lived in missouri and warrensburg because there was a There was an antique store there, but you got to realize when you go to an antique store, it's not just antiques. A lot of times it's vintage stuff, which at the time would have been, you know, 20 or 30 years old Um, and would have been around the time that, you know, my grandma had some of this stuff because I was a baby of the 60s. So she, you know, it was like 20 years old and it wasn't even, it was considered vintage then. But then a lot of times now there's new stuff, but it's collectible. Like Campbell's, like Hershey's, like trying um, Pillsbury Doughboy, those things, um, Beanie Babies, Cabbage Patch. I mean, some of those things are still collectible, and there's always going to be collectors for those. But um, I went in and found an old wire um, album rack, which no, you guys don't probably don't even know what vinyl is anymore. It's it's Never heard the record. It. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, for a turntable. With the
0: DJ spin on?
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, the DJ spin didn't come around until uh, Crafty Jr.'s time. You know, what's interesting
1: is, the the kids, um, one of the kids got her friend three vinyl records for her birthday. And mm -hmm. I was like, "Um, you guys like vinyl? And like, oh, yeah. And so now she wants a record player and... Yeah, like, and they're bro, making hey, records
2: They're making the record players um, look vintage, yeah. like what if you know, like the original products. Um, but vinyl is coming back. The forty fives, the forty fives were the single song. Um, you know, like my first one was Aerosmith, um, "Walk This Way," and I can't remember the other one, "Toys in the Attic" or something. So you'd have the number one hits, and they would send out these you know, people would buy the 45s because you could afford them. Yeah, I know, Aerosmith. Ugh. So it, it was like 99 cents for two songs, you know? So at the time, that was pretty reasonable because the albums were like six or seven bucks. Well, that was a lot more to be able to afford. Plus, did you know if you're going to like every song on the album? So sometimes you would get the album and you'd fall in love with it. And other times you're like, I only wanted the one song. So... Um, so that's why they had 45s and the 45s had a whole about this big. And then they had a special thing that went inside of it that would connect to um, the peg for the made the big albums. So they had adapters. So you could play a 45 on a regular stereo system instead of having to have a, another unit for it. So, yeah. But vinyl, vinyl's coming back big in terms of people want to listen to that music uh, all the scratches and all the, you know, the imperfections on it. I mean, it, they're purist. Um, some people have actually taken those albums and melted them um, on top of like a bowl and then turn them up and make them a, a bowl, like for art decor and that kind of stuff. I've seen them take albums and make handbags out of them, like the album cover and they'll put them together on both sides. They were selling that in Tucson at some street fair on first street years and years ago probably 94 or five, something like that. No, I'm sorry, 2000s. Mm-hmm. So people were taking them and repurposing them. Now they want them for the music.
0: So what kind of stuff are you, obviously vinyl is still is coming back. And so that's a, a big thing. Um, what about, what are some other things that you're seeing um, now in the antique space?
2: Well, I can just, I can let, let, me step back to the 45s. We had a, uh, 45 case that held about, I don't know, 50 or 60, 45 stands is tall, um, turquoise green or turquoise blue. We got them, um, out of a house that, um, a person had passed away and they needed their, the family needed the two bedroom, uh, duplex cleaned out. So we cleaned it out. Um, so essentially we've already paid for that, that all that moving expense a couple of years ago. So these were just items we still had left over. I just sold one of those for $65. So it's, you just have to hit the market. Right. Okay. So back to your other question. Um, I collect right now, a lot of black uh, black Americana, which would be Mm -hmm. Mammies. Um, I collect them. I have some in my house. I also have some at the antique store. But part of the reason I collect them is because when my parents divorced and we were down in South Carolina, um, maybe it was North Carolina, my dad was at Camp Lejeune. The lady next door who would take care of us and make sure my diaper rash was taken care of and that I was fed and that I wasn't, you know, hurt was a black lady next door. So I appreciate that. And it's just my way. It makes me think of her every time I see them. So I've got um, cookie jars, I've got salt and pepper shakers, but I've been selling a lot of that right now because there are a lot of people, there are a lot of African Americans that are collecting it. And there's a lot of just collector collectors that are collecting it and it's going for high dollars. Like if I can get it for 15 bucks and sell it for 80, then I'm doing good. I don't want to pay any more than that because then I, my, my return is a lot lower you know, but if it's a really super unique piece, I might, you know, only make five bucks on it, but I'll still feel good about it because it makes my, it draws people to my space and makes them want to come in.
0: So, Hmm. so how, how are you going about getting your inventory right now?
2: Okay. So there was a time we strictly went to antique stores and Goodwills and Salvation Armies and thrift stores and stuff. And then there was a time we were in Indianapolis, and we accidentally ran across a Goodwill outlet. And we're like, "Oh my God, we got to check this out!" So we go in there, and one of the first things I find is an antique. Um, it's an oval mirror, probably about or oval frame this big, and it's one of those bubble uh, glass frames. So it's probably from the early 1900s, maybe 1800s. And they would put their picture in there, but it would, the bubble glass would make it look like they were watching you as you walked across the room. And it was just, that was the popular frame back then. That's creepy as shit. It is. (laughs) I got it for five bucks and I sold it for a hundred. So. Yeah, buddy,
1: goodwill. Mm. Yes.
2: Now, I don't look for. I rarely look for clothes. I rarely look for shoes. I'm looking for vintage collectible type things or something that's going to accentuate my booth. So um, we were there for three months and we would go every weekend. And then we had to come home and we decided, let's bring the trailer. It's only eight hours. So yeah, we filled that baby up twice and brought it home. So, and the thing is, everything we bought out of there, I've already sold. I sold it within six months. So, so
0: you've mentioned a booth a couple times. Tell us about this booth.
2: Okay. So first we had a booth at a place called Brass Armadillo and they wanted like two twenty five dollars a month. Plus they wanted 10% of your sales. Plus they charged for the credit card fee. The place we're at now actually charges us two twenty dollars um, and a small credit card fee. But that's it so um right now this past month i think we made over a thousand dollars but we have two separate booths so it's what 540 something like that um we have a man cave booth we built out um, a barn wood frame and made it look rustic so that's for the guys and then i have more of a household type one so they're in two different areas of the store um but we started with the one booth, and when we got we felt like we were successful and there was a space opening, we're like, hey, let's just take the chance and do this. Part of it was for, you know, we we're getting killed on our taxes. And then it's like, it's kind of fun. It's a there's a there's an adrenaline rush knowing that you're in there and putting stuff out there that people want and you're making people happy. I've been looking for this forever, and I saw it in your booth. So in a lot of times when I'm there, at the store people be looking at my stuff and i'm like hey i'm here today i'll give you 20 percent off of that if you want that you know just let me know and you know no pressure a lot of times
1: i'll make sales that way so pressure but i'll follow your ass with the car if you don't buy it
2: (laughs) i've yet to do that i've yet to do that and then there's times where the store will call me and they'll go hey, we got a customer that wants um, this, whatever, but you don't have a price on it. And I'm like, oh God, you know, and I'm like, is the customer standing there? And they're like, oh, no, no. And I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? 50, 75? And they're like, yeah, 75. Okay. And if we need to give them a price break, give them a price break. Or, you know, I was going to sell a wooden ladder, a part of a wooden ladder for like 20 bucks. And the gal goes, "Uh, yeah, that's too low. So I come back and I get my sales receipt at the end of the day. And it says she sold it for 65. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I I don't want to gouge people. But then on the other hand, I know certain items are worth more. So I've kind of been pricing my stuff a little bit higher now. um, And we're still moving product. So, and COVID hasn't hurt us. It's, it's the wildest thing. COVID has not hurt us. But a new store went in next door that, called the Fabulous Fern, and it's um, a home decor, kind of upscale. Um, it's supposed to look vintage, but, you know, it's all brand new stuff. So people go in there, and then they come over to the antique store and probably spend more money because they're getting it cheaper, something similar.
0: So, So I've heard uh, antique store. I've heard outlet, Goodwill outlet. I've heard thrift shop. Um, Have you ever auctions? Um, tell us a little bit about the auctions. How, what's that process like?
2: Um, auctions used to be a scary thing in my past life, um, because I went to one auction, um, when I was probably 19 or 20 and I, the item that I really wanted, you know, we're bidding on it and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, nobody's going to want this thing. So I'm bidding on it. And of course I'm poor. I have no money Um, and neither did my husband. So I was very upset when I got outbid and I didn't get outbid by very much, but I was just like, I I can't afford to do this. Well, I'm in a different place. My kids are all grown up, you know, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. But um, yeah, I was still intimidated. So I got took into the auction and then I realized, oh, this shit's fun. I can mess with people. So there are times that I will purposely bid things up and then back out just because the person was being a douchebag. So, and then other times I'll bid because I know that I know what it's worth and they just want it because they think it's cool. And I'm like, uh, hell no, I'm going to flip this for like three times that much money. So I went to an auction once with a lot of art, vintage art, antique art, antique frames. Um, one of them was, uh a brain, cross-section of a brain that you would have in a doctor's office. Um, And we're talking from the 1900s and it was in a beautiful frame. Um, I think I got it up to 45 bucks and the lady backed out. I sold it for 150 because I knew what it was worth. It was old. It was, it was a unique piece and it'd be like something, a psychiatrist or, you know, some kind of a doctor would put in his office just as a decor kind of thing.
1: Jeffrey Dahmer kind of guy. Yeah. no,
2: no, no. <laughs> it's mainly it was actually a psychology like each part of your brain is a different psychology mechanism mm. thing so like the the critical thinking the creative thinking that kind of thing it was actually a really cool piece of art so um iron wood. way way over my head well Get. so ironwood um yeah you're funny so ironwood statues from Mexico are worth a lot of money
0: so so when you go to these auctions though do you just because of your experience with antiques do you know that something is worth it or do you also pull out your phone to look at online and see what something's worth
2: both a lot of times we're pulling at our phones and and looking stuff up but there are times okay. there, there are times now i wanted this old curio cabinet that was probably from the 1800s and it was square it wasn't a Mm -hmm. rounded like normal and the glass was all bubbled and you know it was hand done i actually i told a friend that i wanted you know i'll go up to 375 or 300 on it and i actually went up to 375 and lost it because i was like it was probably worth a thousand dollars but i just did not want to go that far and it came down to the lady that got it it was a family member So a lot of times at these auctions, the family Ah. members will be there and because they weren't given something um, from the estate, they also have to go in and purchase it. And sometimes they they will run up the bid to get the things. And then I just kind of I walk away because I know that they're family and I'm not going to do that to them. But yeah. So uh, my husband and brother-in-law will work the room and purposely drive up the bid or um, nobody's bidding on the boxes sitting on the floor and the auctioneer will go, okay, two bucks a box who wants one and goes, take them all. So we have gone home with, I don't know, $300 worth of boxes with one good thing in it. And the rest of it goes in the dumper, but that one good thing in that box might pay for, you know, pay for the aisles of boxes 10 times over. So, But yeah, that gets Hmm. frustrating because I'm like, I don't want to go through this crap. I just want the good item. Just find me the good item and get rid of it. I don't want to see it anymore. So now we did have to take, um, because when you don't, when you don't sell everything and you know, you've moved it around your booth, um, they have outdoor markets at Sentimental Journey. And we do that once a month. And then um, my husband is into um, going to the swap meet. Now, I remember a swap meet a long time ago and they're fun to go to because you can get really good bargains, but I really didn't want to go and sell, but I actually had a blast. We talked to people. We probably, we took 30 black boxes full of stuff and came home with 10. So, and of the 10, I think we're taking two of them to the antique store and then the rest are gone. So... I'm still waiting to hear from this one. What is the weirdest thing she's ever flipped? Or is that a different episode?
0: That was the last episode. We just posted Yeah.
2: Ah, I missed it. I've been looking for it. What was it? I want to hear it.
0: got to listen to the podcast. (sighs) (laughs) So as far as like that, that was one of the things that we talked about on the last podcast was kind of things that, crafty jr. um, and the coupon queen had flipped or hadn't flipped antiques was one of the ones that they had not um flipped so what what kind of advice one or two pieces of advice do you give to people who are maybe interested in dipping their toe into the antique flipping game
2: i would say look for items that interest you like things that remind you of um your special grandma or something um you know, and then just go from there and start small, you know, test the water and see, see if people are interested in the same stuff you're interested in. So, um, I try, so I've been really on the hunt for, um, man cave stuff and it's really hard to find, but when I find it, I buy as much as I can, uh, road signs, um, different, um, there's street signs that are like this, but they're the old metal with the, Crown on top of them and things um decanters decanters are hot right now Jim beam decanters so if you can find those um i just saw on a country living article they're going from 50 to 75 bucks depending on what shape they're in so Jim beam decanters are are hot so um trying to think what else fishing memorabilia old vintage fishing stuff guys are buying that so it, it just depends do you want to Are you looking to, you have to look to what audience you want to sell to. So if it's guys, you're looking for guy stuff. So I don't know what kind of stuff are you wanting to sell?
1: Yeah. You got beanie
2: babies, don't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, if we come across antiques, it's, I mean, I like your, your advice about, you know, getting stuff that reminds you of your, you know, your grandparents, your grandma or something. But then I all all of a sudden thought, well, this little um rectangular Avon box had all her toenail clipping um tools in it, and that yeah. reminds me of her. So if I saw yeah. that again, I'd have to buy that Avon box. <laughs> She'd always, it was always by her little, her chair and, you know, everything was like clink, 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 you know, with clippers and filers and you know, whatever. Else. Yeah,
0: you found a bunch of Avon um, stuff at one of the Goodwill outlet trips.
1: Yeah, yeah but you, you got to be you had cool. to dump
0: out the Avon. Well, it was still filled, and she had to go into yes. the bathroom at the Goodwill outlet and dump it.
2: They're yeah. they're more valuable if they still have the contents in them, even though it's disgusting. I not let, let you leave. leave.
0: Huh?
1: I didn't want to pay they for the weight want- of the. Thing. And I think we sold a few at um, Brass Armadillo. But... Yep. The The
2: most popular ones seem to be the, uh, the guy ones or the yeah. birds or the fish or the turkeys. Those seem to be the popular ones. The other ones, like the cats and the dogs, mm-hmm. the bells, don't seem to be as popular. Um, they're worth a little bit more if they've got the stuff in them. Um, Avon also made um, red... Glassware kind of stuff that's kind of clunky. Seventies that that was all big in the seventies. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, you
1: know, I would buy. um, (laughs) My grandma had a ashtray that Mm -hmm. I'm sure all the kids remember. It was an ashtray with frogs on them, and Ah. one frog had was female, and one frog was male.
2: Oh yeah, those are popular still yeah 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 because bar old barware you know some people are setting up their bars and while they've got a brand new bar and everything they still want that nostalgic feel like uh it's called atomic glass it's got a like a starburst on it that's like high balls and low balls that's still really popular um some people are getting into the decanters where you know you you can hide your liquor in the decanter and make it look fancy um, even though it's Jack Daniels or it's vodka or something. So, right. or you, you hide that you bought the, you know, bottom shelf vodka and you're calling right. it top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> or you do things like I did when I was a kid. Oh, it's clear. I'll just add water to it. My dad will never know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: That got found out a couple of times.
0: Junior. Crafty huh? Jr. You've never done that before. Have you? Nope. Nope. Never. Nope. We're at the part of our podcast where we talk about where would you list it? So, um, a couple episodes ago, we talked about crafty juniors, fantastic find of a trunk, um, and so, uh, vintage antique trunk. So I want to ask both of you, where would you be listing, uh, an antique trunk? So crafty junior, do you remember where you listed the antique trunk? that you
1: so rightfully won at the Goodwill outlet? I don't remember. I think I put it at Brass Armadillo, actually. And then we had some signs in there. Um, but I would definitely, that would be something I would sell at, at a store if I had a, you know, an antique store. Or I, uh, I don't think I'd flip it on a Facebook marketplace or anything like that. Because I don't think you can, mm-hmm. I think something like that, like antiques, you have to go and see so you can appreciate, you know, yep. the markings and whatever. Yep. So I have a. I, so I have a store, I, I agree. but it, mine is all just basically a toy store.
2: Mm-hmm. See now, and I would, I take that step further and um, make sure that it's aired out and it doesn't smell like mothballs, but I would open it up. But yeah, you can see it went up our- well, you know, <laughs>
1: that's
2: what I do. Uh, so, Annie, I would,
0: Annie, where would you list it?
2: I would, I would put it in my depending on what the what the trunk looked like. If it was a a dark trunk and didn't have a lot of flowery girly stuff on it, I might put it in the man cave booth, and then you know, throw some cowboy boots in it, or throw a cowboy hat and maybe a lasso in it, or something that goes along with the theme of that in the girl booth. I would put it with quilts because I've been picking up quilts and I get quilt tops. I try to get them for under 25 bucks because a lot of these quilts, if they're still really good, can sell for over 150. So it just depends on the pattern and if it's hand stitched. If it's hand stitched, it's worth a lot more. Um, so I would stage it with that kind of stuff and, you know, put kitchen stuff with it because that's what they use those trunks for. That was their everything box. That's what they moved. They didn't have moving companies, they, everything they owned fit in that trunk. So usually it's a Bible with your family tree. It was, um, your, your best quilt. It was your dishes. It was, you know, all that stuff. So I would just stage it like that. And I would flip it on the side. I'd flip it on the side and maybe put it up on the table and use it to put stuff in. I did that with another trunk and got a skeleton and put a bridal dress on it and, um, use that for Halloween yeah, I'll, I'll have what to send you the hell? picture. Sometimes it turned out it turned out really cool. I even went to Hobby Lobby and got one of those um, hologram pictures. Of, it looked like a it looked like a bride, and as you walk by, it was a scary picture. But I staged the whole thing with ravens and different things to give it um, give it a good look for Halloween. Now you think or I'm pop. joking about that that staging thing, dude? I'm telling you, it was hot. It worked out really well because so what Tracy did in the shop, she had all these old vintage wedding gowns and she wanted to make them, you know, Halloween ish looking. So they were all mm-hmm. white, none of them more black or anything like that. And she had a bunch of um, dress form mannequin things. So I just went and got a skull and set it on there. And the weirdest thing is I'll buy shit from Hobby Lobby, like the, the skull or um, the skull candy thing or the ravens in a cage or spiders, jeweled spiders that you um, clip on and put on your clothes. Yeah. Motherfucker. People want those. So I said, okay, I paid $12 for the skull. I want 25 and people paid me for it. I'm like, it's brand new. You can go to Hobby Lobby and buy the same damn shit, but they don't realize it because I've got it staged to where it looks like it's, they want that look. So yeah. I was going through all my pictures. I, I think I deleted them, but I'll have to look. So it turned out really well, and we sold a lot of stuff that month. That's your dark side. It is.
0: <laughs> well, that will conclude our uh, podcast today. Thanks for listening to the Crafty Jr. and Friends podcast, and thank you to Antique Annie for stopping by being part of our Friends cast. I'm your MC, Queen B. Watch out for those deals and tune in next time.